So now, may I speak in the name of our living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Those of us that were here last Sunday heard about Jesus' encounter with, with a woman by the well. Just to recap slightly, the well was in Samaria. It had been dug by Jacob, we were told, and it was of enormous value to the people in that, that area, a very arid, dry area. After his conversation with the woman, in which he told her many things about herself, Jesus went to stay in a nearby village, and he stayed there for two days. Something quite unusual for him, because he, as a Jew, would not normally be expected to stay with Samaritans in a Samaritan village. That area is now in the West Bank city of Nablus, so Jews still wouldn't wish to stay there. Jesus was using this place as a stopover on the walk from Jerusalem to Galilee. And remember, he would have had to walk or maybe ride a donkey or something, but walk from Jerusalem to Galilee. And after a couple of days in this village, he set off again to complete the journey, going eventually to Cana in Galilee, a place where he changed water into wine, as we were reminded in that reading. With almost 40 miles to go still, it would be probably be something like a two-day walk to Galilee. I've actually done that journey in the opposite direction, in an air-conditioned bus, in something like two hours. Uh, we tend to forget how different things were in Jesus' time. Moving around the country, which he did quite a lot of, uh, was quite demanding and uh, required him to be quite mobile, didn't it? John tells us very little about what Jesus had been doing in Jerusalem. He skips over it, except that there had been signs and wonders. However, there must have been problems getting accepted because the reading suggests that Jesus was going to Galilee because he had not been accepted in Jerusalem. He had testified, that we are told, that a prophet has no honour in his own country. Jesus had been rejected by so many people in, the, in this country as well at this present time. And we need to work to put particularly hard, I think, to compensate so that he retains or even regains honour in our society. Nothing's changed over 2,000 years. So Jesus went to Galilee and he visited Cana. The reading reminds us that, of course, that he had changed water into wine there while he was at a wedding. And the reading includes details of a second marriage or sign that he carries out while in Cana. Now it's strange in John's Gospel because most of his miracles that he tells us about were carried out in Jerusalem. So I've got a challenge for you. I used to teach in a university and set homework, which was never popular. <laughs> so. Some, I know this won't be. So, how many miracles did Jesus, does John tell us about Jesus carrying out while he was in Galilee? How many? 
And what were they? There's a challenge for you. How many and what were they? To, now, to answer the question, of course, you've got to read John's Gospel. So there's something to be getting on with over the week. But I'm getting a bit sidetracked from the main story. While Jesus had been in Jerusalem, he must have been performing some quite spectacular signs and wonders, as John would refer to them. People from Galilee have been to the festival and they've come home and told the story so that Jesus now has a reputation in Galilee as a healer. Although Jesus felt that he had not been accepted, there were undoubtedly some people influenced by what they saw or heard about him from other people. One such person was in Capernaum, caring for his son who was seriously ill. That person seems to have been quite important, a royal official, we are told, but illness has no respect for status. And there may have been many, because Capernaum was on a trip. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Illness has no respect for status. From the stories that we heard coming from Jerusalem, and there may have been many, because Capernaum was on a major trade route, the official realised that Jesus could help his son. Now, it's about 25 miles from Capernaum to Cana, so it's not an easy task for someone to go and to visit Cana in those days. But the official did. Something over a day's journey, maybe. The official went to speak with Jesus. He did that because of love, of a father for a son. And on this Father's Day, we may certainly be aware that any good father would behave similarly then and now. If that is true for earthly fathers, how much more must it be true for our Father in heaven? He cares for each of us and has provided for our needs on this planet, the planet that he created. In his love, he has given us the freedom to make choices in our lives, but many people have chosen to do everything their own way. So we now live in a, on a planet that has many problems. The environment, we, the environment we live in, for example, So the boy's father gets to speak with Jesus. He knows that Jesus is able to heal. He's heard the stories of healing and he begs Jesus to go to Capernaum and heal his son. Now, that could, was probably a journey that Jesus didn't want to make. It would have been a bit over a day there, a bit over a day back with some work to do in Capernaum. But he doesn't need to go. And he says to the father, simply, go, your son will live. We're not told by John about any argument from the father, no attempts to persuade Jesus to go with him, simply an acceptance that what Jesus said was true. The father started the long journey back to Capernaum. And sometime the following day, he met his slaves coming to give him the good news that his son was well again. On questioning his slaves, he established that the healing took place 
as he was in conversation with Jesus. As I read that passage, I wondered how John knew about the conversation between the father and the son. Sorry, between the father and the slaves. But I think I probably know the answer. Because Jesus and his followers made several visits to Capernaum over his time of ministry. And that would give John an opportunity to talk with the father and establish what happened. John gives us the next best thing to an eyewitness account of a healing. He tells us, from the father's point of view, how the son was healed. Now, it may have been that when the father first met Jesus, he had some doubts about the capability Jesus had to heal when he went up to Cana. For we're told that when his son was healed, he believed along with his entire household. He's an example of someone who initially believes because of signs he's heard about, but whose faith progresses to a more secure basis, dependent on Jesus' life-giving word. His experience of Jesus changed his thoughts. It solidified them, and he believed much deeper. There are other examples we can think about where people have had doubts that have been dispelled. <clears throat> Perhaps the best known of all is Thomas, commonly called Doubting Thomas. But I think that is probably an unfair name for him because he didn't continue to doubt. He'd been with Jesus and he'd seen many signs, but he needed an encounter with the risen Jesus for his faith to become secure. And after that happened, no more doubts, he went on to take the gospel to India, and there's a whole chain of churches across central India now that are there because of the ministry of Thomas. But what about us? We have the gospels that tell us about Jesus and what he did. We know that John wrote his gospel so that we may come to believe. But what do we do to ensure that our faith becomes secure, like the officials in the reading? Being a Christian is not a Sunday morning activity. Rather, it's a way of life for seven days a week, as we meet the Lord through prayer and study. And perhaps this week even some of us might be reading John's Gospel. We've been through difficult times over the past 15 months as we've been severely limited in what we can do. But as restrictions are eased, we should be prayerfully considering the further development of our faith, of our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. Are we all up for that challenge? So let us pray that we are. Mm. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the scriptures telling us about the work you did while you were here on earth. We thank you, Lord, for all the signs and wonders that John points to you about. But we pray, Lord, that we may each of us have a personal experience of your life-giving 
healing on this, in this uh, world now. Be with each one of us that we may know about you, not from the, just from the Gospels, but from our own lives and the way we live. We pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.